<laughs> there's a neat theme, and I think there's, as Christians, you have to ask the question, what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so there's two uh, really, well, there's more than two, but uh, significant parts that we play in into Pentecost, apart from receiving the Holy Spirit. All the feasts involve not only sacrifices performed by the priest, but several other elements which were commanded of the people. So modern-day celebrations tend to focus on those other elements, because, of course, there's no priesthood of that kind. Uh, For instance, at Passover, there is the eating of the Seder meal. Mm. One of the consistent other elements of Pentecost that still gets the focus is giving offerings, because, again, it it is the primary focus, and Pentecost is the offering. So looking at those offerings, we just kind of broke down what they were in a in a true sacri- sacrificial form. But let's keep that going. This one from Deuteronomy 16. Three times a year, all your men must appear before Jehovah your God at the place he will choose, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. No one should appear before Jehovah empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way Jehovah your God has blessed you. Mm. That's pretty clear. And it continues. Specifically at Pentecost, the free will offering gets central stage. You shall keep the Feast of Weeks to Jehovah your God with the tribute of a free will offering from your hand, which you shall give as Jehovah your God blesses you. Now, we're not talking about a tithe or a percentage that is required. A free will offering is literally just that. You give according to how you have been blessed. And Pentecost is harvest time. So it follows along with the idea of first fruits. They couldn't eat any of the harvest till they give their first fruits. God is always trying to teach us not to claim anything is ours. Whenever we receive, we give back to say thank you to God for his provision. So what's the application? What happened at Pentecost 2,000 years ago? Jesus from heaven released the Holy Spirit onto the disciples he gave. There is fire and tongues and the release of the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. This is the offerings and givings we're emulating. The barley harvest Passover was a picture of our salvation. Jesus was the firstborn son. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. It's Romans 8. When we give our first fruits at Passover, we're remembering the resurrection of Jesus. And every saint that walked out of Hades and Sheol and the grave that day, we're not thankful for our blessings. We're thankful for Jesus overcoming death. It's first fruits. God chose Israel to be his chosen people so he could become flesh through them and die for all people. So Ephesians 2, for through him... We both have access to the Father by one spirit. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You're members of God's family. If that's not worth sowing into, I just don't even know. Now, the wheat harvest at Pentecost was a picture of the giving of the word of God and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John 14, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So when we give our first fruits of Pentecost, we remember receiving the Holy Spirit, who is continually empowering us, or in faith we're still asking for him to fill us and empower us. Again, we're not thankful for our blessings. We're thankful for the gift of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So Shavuot, or Weeks, or Pentecost, is about thanking God for all he provides. What's the best way to be thankful? 
Well, according to God, you give to someone in need. Mm. So let's run it, break it down here. So first you give. Next, you'll rejoice before Jehovah your God or be joyful at your festival is another way that verse is translated. You and your son and your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, the Levite who's within your gates, stranger and the fatherless and the widow who's among you at the place where Jehovah your God chooses to make his name abide. So you think about God and rejoice and you think about others and you give. Those are two of the first standards that has to do with the giving part of it. Why? You shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and you shall be careful to observe these statutes. For you as a Christian, you shall remember that you were a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. You'll be careful to observe these statutes that God has told you how to walk out and be free. Isaiah 42, I'll bring the blind by a way they did not know. I'll lead them in paths they have not known. I'll make darkness light before them and crooked paths straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. I, I, you know, just a, you can just pull out a couple of scriptures and should get you all that you need to know what you want to give. So this 50 days of counting to Pentecost is a time to reflect on our character, to prepare ourselves to receive, as well as to live out God's word. You still have a few days till Sunday, so these are those last few days. Receiving the Torah seven weeks after God miraculously brought them out of Egyptian bondage meant not only accepting the privilege of knowing God, his word, and living as a set-apart people, it also meant accepting responsibility of what the Word exhorts us to do. The Word of God commanded them to provide for the Levites as well as the fatherless, the widows, and even foreigners in the land. The blessings God has freely given us are not just for our own gain. We're to share with others who are in need. It was for this reason that God also commanded the people not to harvest the entire field, but to leave the corners of their fields for the poor. In fact, leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. And he says, I am Jehovah, your God. The 50-day journey through the desert from Egypt to God's mountain was to prepare them to constantly be on pilgrimage. Psalm 84 reminds us, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. God would always own the land and own them so that he could care for both. That was the life of blessing that God had prepared. We really have to step back and grasp that we are his possession. We are the sheep of his pasture. We can get a very heady kind of a mentality. In Exodus 6, God shows Moses his grand plan. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of the pilgrimage in which they were strangers. Because it was never a journey to the promised land, but a life journey through the land that God would lease to them so he could provide their every need. Mm. A pilgrimage life of giving and receiving is the heart of Pentecost. So I want to challenge you. One very big part of Pentecost is giving financial gift. Wherever that's going to go for you, and God bless you and give you insight. If you want to give to Victory, that'd be wonderful. Of course, and you can always do that at victory.radio.